you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 team. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Lockdown Dodgers. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Lockdown, your team every day. This is the daily podcast covering the World Series champion Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I'm Vince Samperio of Chavez Ravine Fiends. Back here again with my buddy Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential. Jeff, Dodgers did not have a three-game losing streak. They still haven't lost three in a row since August of 2019. And now we have a day off uh, before four more with the Padres. Yeah, so it was good to get the new winning streak started so that it'll be five by the end of the weekend. Yeah, I'm down for that. We got a few things to talk about. Surprise, no surprise. Kenley Jansen will be talked about again, uh, but a little bit different situation than we've previously talked about talk about julio urias and his season so far and how he looks and then we'll get into a little bit of an nl west roundup just kind of keeping tabs on the other teams uh for those of you that don't follow all the other teams but before all that a quick reminder to follow locked on dodgers on apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts when you get in your car or if you're at home tell your smart device to play podcasts locked on dodgers all right jeff uh kenley jansen we've talked about him a lot seemingly as i mentioned before Every time he comes out, there's a new discussion, whether he's back, whether he's not back, whether the Dodgers need to remove him from closer, uh, whatever whatever else it is. Um, three days rest, Kenley Jansen, after blowing the save on Friday, came in and looked downright dominant like he did the other time. Uh, Dodger Stadium after his last blown save. So I don't think the, the Dodgers want him to keep blowing saves in order to look dominant. But I do think there's a key in there of how many days he had off. And I know you have some numbers and some thoughts on that situation exactly. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I was I was looking at Kenley throughout his career and his performance on different number of days rest. And the the interesting thing is when Kenley was at his peak, it didn't matter, basically. Uh, his He was basically the same pitcher when, whether it was zero days rest or four days rest, you know, and all the way through dominant Kenley was just dominant, but starting in 2018, that's when we see things really start to, to change. And, uh, you know, zero days rest is, uh, you know, I, I think it's pretty clear to all of us that we don't want Kenley on back-to-back days and the numbers bear that out. Uh, interestingly, you know, the sweet spot appears to be, and, and, you know, I guess a caveat, this is a little bit tricky because if you look at OPS, it says one thing. If you look at whip, it says another thing. There's so many, you don't want to look at ERA because ERA for a reliever, although it's more applicable for a guy like Kenley, just because he very rarely gets pulled out during an outing. So, you know, most of the runs he get he gives up are his and are actually allowed by him, but, but still, so there's different numbers, but, you know, kind of looking at all the different things starting in 2018, about three days, three to four days rest, you know, anywhere from two to four is kind of that sweet spot for him where he can be roughly the same dominant Kenley that we used to know. Um, it's kind of interesting. That's probably somewhat small sample that three, exactly three days rest was actually pretty bad for him in 2019 and 2020. He was better on two days and four days. Uh, but overall, if you kind of lump together 
two to four days rest, uh, that's kind of his sweet spot now, now that he's not just dominant all the time. And and so it seems to me with what we saw on on Tuesday, on three days rest, like you said, uh, I think he is a pitcher now who needs who needs a little bit of rest between outings and can be, I said on Twitter, I said, I hope the lesson isn't, oh, Kenley's just as dominant as ever. Let's pitch him more. I hope the lesson is he's just as dominant as ever when we pitch him less. And ideal would be for Kenley himself to recognize that, to say, to go to Robert and say, you know what? I felt great today, you know, and with the rest of this bullpen, you know, with Kniebel and Trinan and Gratterall and everybody else, you know what? If you could get me two to three days rest, you know, you know, obviously, Doc, I'll do whatever you need me to do. But but I felt great today on with a few days rest. You know, uh, I don't know that that's in Kenley's DNA to admit any sort of weakness like that. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm confident and hopeful that the adults in the room uh, have can see the difference and recognize, uh, you know, that rested Kenley can still be really, really good. And we've seen this already a little bit this season. I mean, we've seen four different guys record a safe already this year. Uh, we had mentioned briefly a closer by committee type situation or just getting the right guys in. And it doesn't appear that Roberts is using Jansen in every safe situation. Even in yesterday's game, Blake Trinan was warming up there in the eighth inning. And it's not a guarantee that if he comes in with two outs in the eighth, he doesn't come back out for the ninth. And maybe they save Kenley a little bit longer. So I, I think it's a good – it looks good so far on that. And obviously there's going to become times where the Dodgers have, you know, two or three games and tough games in a row, like in the Padres series, if they would have ended up needing him more just because they used so many guys the first night, uh, then he would have had to throw, you know, multiple days in a row or, or whatever it was, one day rest. Uh, but if they can handle it, Blake Trining, Kniebel, Victor Gonzalez, Gratterall, all those guys can close out games if need be. Uh, Gratterall probably needs a couple more to get back on track completely. It's not quite closer by committee yet, but it's definitely Jansen minimally maybe two three times a week and everyone else filling in around that and i definitely think they have the depth and have the arms and especially with the starting pitching the way it's going there's enough innings of, of those to go around to where they can make this last and, and get jansen those days off that he needs and i'm hoping that's what happens I'm hoping the starting pitching keeps up what they're doing and everyone else around them you know kimball had a, a tough last outing uh, in San Diego, so you know he has to pick it back up. But other than that, you know I'm, I'm excited to see how they handle Jensen because I actually have faith that they're going to do it right when they can. Yeah, and I think uh, that game against the A's might have been a blessing in disguise because if Kenley had come in and not looked good and struggled a little bit, but somehow dodged the bullet, you know, like you know, we said at the time, it would have been nice if Roberts had tried him on back-to-back days with a two or three-run lead instead of a one-run lead. Uh, but if that had been the case, if he had, you know, not looked good, but still gotten the save, it wouldn't have been quite as stark. And now with Kenley seeing the difference, you can look at that game and look at Tuesday's game and see such a difference and recognize that even if, even if they don't totally believe, you know, that it's because of the days of rest, if they're saying in their hearts, small sample size or whatever, because they do have so many, relief pitchers, such good starting pitching, uh, and they don't have long-term Kenley's feelings to worry about. This is his last year as a Dodger anyway, probably. And so they really can just say, you know what, Kenley, you are our closer when you're rested and when not somebody, somebody else is. 
And and honestly, in the postseason, we saw last year where he only went back-to-back a couple of times, and that was out of necessity. You know, when they're down 3-1 against the Braves, that was a necessity. He closed out 5-6. and six. Uh, But other than that, he didn't really pitch that often either because the Dodgers were winning by enough or just because the Dodgers used some other guys. We'll see what happens, but i got to imagine that Robert sees it, everyone sees it, and hopefully the Dodgers aren't winning a lot of games 1-0 anymore. Hopefully the offense picks up and they're winning by four or five runs, and that makes it easier for them to rest Jansen anyways. For sure. All right, we're going to come back, talk about Julio's performance yesterday and in general this season, so make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. You've heard us say that a lot of times. And if you haven't already tried it, I don't know what you're waiting for. You know, maybe see that you don't want protein bars. You don't need protein bars in your life. But would you like to have a candy bar that is a little bit healthier than normal candy bars? Well, Built Bar can fill that need too. Built Bar is basically a candy bar. It just happens to be pretty good for you. Happens to be packed with protein and happens to uh, taste really great. So... There's plenty of protein, like I mentioned. It's low in calorie. They're all around, you know, 130 to 180 calories. They're all around four or five grams sugar, four or five grams net carbs. You know, unless you're trying to put on weight, which this can help with protein if you're putting on muscle weight. Uh, but unless you're trying to just straight put on weight, uh, built bars are, are pretty much built for you. They're part, you know, good for keto diet, good for, like I said, putting on muscle, uh, good for just having a snack if you're going on a hike or a run or going to the gym, whatever else it is. The best flavor, Coconut Brownie Chunk, is back right now for a limited time, I believe. Uh, so you want to make sure to go run and get that. And if you use the promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com, you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. This year, the Lockdown Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th to May 1st. All right, Jeff. Uh, Julio Urias has been pretty good this year, but he also was really good yesterday and had a career-high 11 strikeouts and seven shutout innings. Uh, The Dodgers needed all those shutout innings because they only scored one run. And so far, Julio is 3-0 with a 2-8-1 ERA on the season and has not really been walking people. I saw a stat. I'm not sure what the stat ended up being at the end of his start, but at some point during his start, he was throwing 77% of his pitches this year for strikes, uh, which is pretty good. And and he's only really had issues in one first inning, gave up a run in one first inning. So he seems to be getting over that, throwing more strikes, getting more strikeouts. And it seems that he's taken that step into the next tier of starting pitchers uh, where he can go every fifth day and you don't have to worry about him. Yeah, the this outing on Tuesday was just a master class in pounding the zone. Joe and Or, I, I think you didn't get to watch the whole game, right, because you were off getting your vaccine? Yeah, I saw about half of it. Joe and Oral were commenting that how many batters went to 0-2. You know, who they'll face like 24 or something batteries. And I think it was like 16 of them he had an 0 and 2 count on. It was just ridiculous. We, we talk about first pitch strikes, which is a big deal, but getting two strikes on a guy and having 0 and 2, it's really hard to, to come from behind there. And, you know, in the end, the Mariners only had the one hit in the whole game. An infield single by Mitch Hanniger was their only hit in that game. And that one was bang, bang at first base. You know, it was very close to a combined no hitter. Uh, and Julio. You know, your your concern when a guy's pounded the zone like that is, you know, we, we see it with Kershaw sometimes. He'll, 
he's he can come sometimes get predictable in his first pitch strikes and so sometimes people will ambush Kershaw and jump on him but Julio he was throwing good pitches for those strikes it wasn't just get me over fastballs or whatever that slurve of his was looking ridiculous the changeup looked great and the fastball you know it's not a dominant fastball velocity wise but between I mean we, we saw him strike out two guys looking with the World Series on the line with that fastball last year so something about that fastball is deceptive and so even though it's you know quote unquote only 95 miles an hour uh, I think it must look faster than that to guys and so when you've got those three pitches all working uh, it was it was a lot of fun to watch. It would have been more fun if the offense scored some runs but but uh, when Julio was on the mound it was really really fun. Yeah, the development of the slurve has been one of the biggest parts of it. The other thing that they talked on the broadcast was, you know, last August when he made some, a little bit of adjustments, he added that slurve or, or made it more of a slurve, uh, or added to his changeup and fastball, which have, you know, his fastballs are in touch 97 in recent starts. And he went mainly from the stretch, and that helped him. You know, in Little League, I always taught my players to go from the stretch just because there's too many movements for a little kid to to get right every single time. Uh, and, you know, sometimes major leaguers need to do that, and I think we're starting to see it a little bit more. Alex Wood did it. Julio, Julio's done it. I'm sure there's players on other teams that have maybe gone that way where it's just less wasted movement. And, you know, if you can still throw 97 and you don't need the quote-unquote momentum you get from throwing from a windup, uh, then why not do so? You, It's less movement, and it, you're more likely to repeat your delivery. And I think that's where he's really benefited from, like I said, throwing those strikes. But he's not just, yeah, like not get me over fastballs. He's hitting corners on strike one. And when you're hitting corners on strike one with a chance, up and slurve sitting in right behind you you know hitters aren't going to be able to get comfortable at the plate and they're not going to be able to know what to look for and i think it, it's it's a culmination of kind of what we've always been waiting for with julio in the postseason last year that, that was the first step now bona fide you know everyday guy number number two number one potentially on a bad team uh, as of right now can definitely develop into number one overall and with the Dodgers, it, it, the starting pitching, we've talked about it last week against after the Padres series, or this week after the Padres series, you know, Julio's pitching is great, and it's still hard. You know, Kershaw's probably a little bit better. Bauer's a little bit better. And Bueller's, you know, right there with him. Uh, but, you know, Julio's a number four guy, and he's pitching like a number one right now. Yeah, absolutely. And the crazy thing is, he's only 24. He's only a year older than Clayton Kershaw was when he won his first Cy Young Award. Like it's not, we, we feel like Julio has been around forever, but he is still young. Yeah, definitely. He, he has been around for a while. Obviously, you see the injuries pushed his career back a little bit, but he's coming into his own right now. And the good thing is the Dodgers still have him for a, f a couple more years under contract, and then they can uh, see what happens after that. So, all right, we're going to come back and just talk a little bit about the NL West. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. So the Dodgers have now been favored in 97 straight games dating back to the final game of the 2019 season. They've been favored in 134 of their past 136 games. Now, how does that help you? Not too much on the betting side. If the Dodgers are the favorites and you bet them to win straight up, uh, it's usually not too much of a money win. Uh, if you bet the Dodgers straight up to win a lot, you're going to win a lot. You're just not going to win as much. Uh, the other things to look at when you're betting are the runs. You know, the Dodgers were probably favored by one and a half runs on yesterday's game. That's usually the, the generic line they've been having lately. They wouldn't have covered that they because they only, only won by one run. Uh, but there's a lot of different ways to look about it. But if you're going to be betting, I wouldn't recommend betting on the Dodgers too often unless you just want to pick up incremental wins, uh, which isn't a bad thing. 
But if you are going to bet, make sure to do it at betonline.ag. They have you covered for all news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Just go to betonline.ag, and right now you can get a 50% welcome bonus after your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. So go to betonline.ag, use the promo code Locked On, and get a 50% welcome bonus after your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team are making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. All right, Jeff, uh, let's run a couple updates before we get into the NOS roundup. Mookie Betts, uh, no broken bones or anything. Uh, it seems that he won't miss too much time, and that's a good thing. We talked about that uh, yesterday, but how relieved were you when you saw that? I was cautiously relieved. I'm still gun-shy after, what, Chris Taylor had a wrist, a broken wrist or something that the original x-rays didn't show as broken a couple years ago. We had Andre Ethier's broken shin in spring training that he was day-to-day, and it took him a couple weeks to to find the fracture. Obviously, Cody Bellinger's recent hairline fracture, so... I, I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna be totally relieved until Mookie is in the lineup and swinging the bat without pain. But seeing uh, what's his name, Ty France, hit for the Mariners in Tuesday's game, and like we said yesterday, France's sounded worse and looked worse than Mookie's did. Uh, the pitch he got hit by in the same spot was uh, was a little bit harder and and sounded worse. Sounded like the ball hit the bat. And Ty France came in and hit and didn't seem to be hampered by it at all. And so that gave me some hope. So, yeah, I am cautiously optimistic that we will see Mookie, you know, Friday or at least, you know, or Thursday, I mean, or sometime soon in the in the Padres series. Yeah, you would imagine that if he's not going to play in the Padres series at all, then it would benefit the Dodgers to bring someone up. They are already down a position player. They can't really afford to be down two position players. So... Thursday will really tell us what uh, what it is with Mookie and whether he's in the lineup or if he's not, uh, whether Roberts has any more updates. Because like I said, they're already down one guy, can't be down two guys. Uh, but yeah, we, we had some, one of our listeners reach out to us and, and mention that uh, if they could, or if we could, you know, add a, a weekly segment checking up on the NL West. I think the biggest surprise so far of the NOS is the Giants. They're they're playing really well. They're actually ahead of the Padres right now on the in the standings. And... Probably a little bit surprising. The Giants were expected to be the third place team for the most part. Maybe hover around 500 or a little bit above 500. Not really contending at all. Uh, Jeff, do you think that has prospect or outlook has changed at all? Is it just a, a benefit of their early schedule and they're playing well right now? I mean, I think it's mostly schedule. I don't think the Giants are necessarily playing above their level. Uh, our, our buddy Ben, who does the Lockdown Giants podcast, he's pointed out their last, you know, season and a half basically worth the games going back to late 2019 and then all of last year they've been a you know slightly above 500 team and I do think they've had a little bit of an easier schedule obviously the 
Padres have had to play the Dodgers and the Giants haven't yet. And, you know, as we're talking right now, the Padres are losing to the Brewers six to nothing in the ninth inning. So assuming that they lose that game, the Giants will be two games ahead of the Padres, which, you know, that's the two, <laughs> the two games that the Dodgers beat the Padres. So, uh, but even if the Giants and Padres are tied right now, it would be a little bit of a surprise uh, on both counts uh, for the Padres maybe playing down a little bit and the Giants playing up a little bit. And so I don't, I really don't think the Giants are going to keep it up. I mean, they they have a 647 winning percentage right now, and I really, really don't believe that. But I do think the Giants are a you know 85 to 87 ish win team this year, which is enough to keep them in contention for that second wild card spot, uh, and and provide their fans an exciting season. But I think the Giants are going to. Uh, benefit from not playing the Dodgers for the first time until what late May I think yeah I mean consider them to be a threat at all but I do think they maybe could outperform themselves a little bit you know Farhan's AD over there running the show they've they've they found a few guys that have been become uh, all-stars you know Mike Yastrzemski and Kevin Gausman who's pitching really well so far this year so they've kind of gone the same way the Dodgers they just don't have they're still you know the Dodgers were never at the point uh, when when Friedman took over of where they were not a playoff team they were already a playoff team and he was just making improvements to that so it might still take a couple more years before they're a bona fide threat to the Dodgers but uh, I mean it's good to see them I, I, it's good when the Giants and Dodgers are, are good both good uh, the Dodgers, especially when the Dodgers are better and the Giants are maybe playing a little bit above or we'll see what happens when they when they play different people on the schedule but the Padres uh, took a big blow uh, yesterday or the news came out yesterday that Adrian Morejon is going to have to go under undergo Tommy John surgery so he will be out for this entire season uh, they did get maybe some slight benefit of good news with Dennis and Lamette may come back this Sunday against the Dodgers uh, which would really help them out because Chris Paddock uh, got pounded again and hasn't been a good pitcher since the Dodgers broke him down two years ago yeah as of right now I'm looking at my MLB app on my phone and Lamette is listed as the the starter for the Padres today wednesday going up in the series finale against the brewers i don't know if that is correct or not um if that's the case then he wouldn't be pitching against the against the dodgers um but yeah the the loss of morajon is a, a big deal you know partly because he's a pretty darn good young pitcher and partly just for pitching depth there's already some question marks there uh and i i just been thinking about this upcoming series the Padres don't have the benefit of the day off today like the Dodgers do. Uh, the Padres are, you know, they had their series against the Dodgers, and now today they finish up their three-game series at the Brewers, and then they go straight to L.A. to do a four-game series at the Dodgers. So they don't have any days off. Um, if Lamette does pitch today for the for the Padres, uh, you have to think that their bullpen is going to get some work because you can't you wouldn't think that Lamette is going to throw very many pitches. And so maybe they're going to go piggyback start or something. But either way, the Dodgers are going to come into this series more rested than the Padres. Uh, Bullpen-wise, the Dodgers only had to use uh, Victor Gonzalez and Kenley Jansen. uh, And then they have the day off. So everybody except Vic and Kenley is going to have at least two days rest. And, uh, you know, Victor didn't work that hard. So basically the Dodgers are coming to this series with the Padres fully loaded and the Padres are going to be a little bit more tired 
which hopefully that is enough to make up for the fact that uh, the Dodgers offense has been a little bit sleepy lately. I just looked it up, and Lament is supposed to start on Wednesday, being limited to about 75, 80 pitches. So, like I said, that does take him out. Uh, and the good thing, that means we, the Dodgers get to face Paddock on Sunday, uh, which they love to to face that guy. And on the Padres' side, the other thing is, you know, they're, they're – or I guess the biggest thing I want to see is Joe Musgrove, who's been – ridiculously good so far this season he had 13 strikeouts yesterday or the day before ended up getting the loss or yeah ended up getting the loss uh, had the no hitter before that but i i don't think he's fit you know the brewers offense not that good the rangers offense not that good so i want to see him face the dodger offense even if they're down a couple guys i still want to see him against the dodger offense to see you know is he actually really legit or is it just a little bit of, of facing some bad teams but Either way, the Dodgers, we're going to have some really good pitching matchups again this weekend. Uh, everyone kind of gets moved up on the Padres side, so it's not the exact same matchups as last weekend. We'll get Bueller, Darvish, Kershaw, Snell, Bauer, and Musgrove. And then, as of right now, uh, who are Dustin, May, and, and Chris Paddock. So, we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, other than that, I mean, Diamondbacks, Rockies, I don't think there's too much to update on them. They're not good, and they don't have plans of being good this year, so... I think the main one will be the Padres, obviously, as we go on, and the Giants. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's really the only update I have on them. I don't know if you have any updates on, on those two teams. Uh, no, like you said, they're not good, and they're not really trying to be good. So uh, not much point in talking much about them. I, I'll tell you what I'm not excited to see this weekend is uh, Joe Musgrove pitching to A.J. Pollock. I hope that that does not happen because Musgrove's slider has been ridiculous this year, and it's uh, – you know, I, I, I almost took the time on Tuesday to use StatCast Cool video tool to make a supercut of uh, AJ Pollock slailing at, or flailing at sliders from right-handers uh, in the past couple of years. Uh, I know we should be nice to AJ. It was nice to see him get a double off a soft-tossing lefty, uh, but I sure don't want to see him against any of these tough righties that the that the Padres are going to be throwing. Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll probably see a heavy dose of Luke Rayleigh again like we did last weekend. And then, uh, you know, hopefully Mookie's back. But if not, we may have to see a Pollock against some of these guys. But either way, that's the NL West kind of roundup. It'll mostly be a Padres and Giants roundup, I guess, as we move forward. Uh, but either way, if you guys have any other segments or ideas you guys ever want to shoot our way, go ahead and do so. We're always looking at different ways, you know, filling out three segments every day. In season is easier, but it's still not as easy as you may think. So if there's other guys you got other things you guys want to hear about, always make sure to let us know. Jeff, I believe that is it for today's episode, unless you have anything else you want to add. I don't think so. Today we will be on locker room having a live chat talking about the upcoming Padres series and any other questions you guys may have. The Dodgers are not playing, so maybe we'll run it around the same time or a little bit later in the day. Uh, as they would normally play. We'll, we'll definitely tweet out all the updates and info as we figure it out. So make sure to download the Locker Room app. Make sure to join us. Come in, ask your questions, or just hang out and listen to other people talking about baseball. Maybe Javi from Lockdown Padres will pop in again, as he, as he did last time, and, and give us his thoughts. Uh, but, yeah, make sure to do that. Make sure to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince Samperio. Make sure to follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to listen every day, download every day. Uh, you know, it's Monday through Friday, about 30 minutes of your day. Pretty easy to do. And, you know, you're, you're going to keep up to date on the Dodgers and everything going around with the team in case you can't always be on social media all day like maybe Jeff and I are. 
yeah, make sure to listen every day. Make sure to tell your friends and family. Uh, other ways to get a hold of us are email lockedondodgers at gmail.com or you can shoot us a text or give us a call at 323-863-5625. We're here every weekday morning and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car or if you're at home. Tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you later tonight on Locker Room. D, I say D-O, D-O-D-G-E-R-S. The team that's all heart, all heart and all thumbs. They're my Los Angeles, your Los Angeles, our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant? Bye.